Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Treasures from the Vault. Hello, kia ora, and welcome back to Jules from NZ. Uh, today we're going to be talking about New Zealand money. So I thought it was best to give you first a little history about the currency, about what it used to be, and then go into what it is. Um, it's really bucketing down here, so I'm sorry if you can hear this in the background. It's just crazy raining. It's decided to do that for me. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so New Zealand money, NZD, or Tara o Te Tara o Aotearoa, um, or the Kiwi dollar, is was introduced in 1967. Before that, we actually used the pound. You know, makes sense, coin mother and all that. When it was introduced, it had coins and denominations of 1 cent, 2 cent, 5 cent, 10 cent, 20 cent, 50 cent, and notes in 1, 2, 5, 10, 20, and 100. The $50 note was added in 1983, the year I was born, to fill the long gap between the 20 and the 100. In 1991, the aluminium, bronze, one and two dollar coins were introduced to replace the existing one and two dollar notes, because we just didn't really need those anymore. And in 2004, the Reserve Bank took out the five cent coin out of circulation made the 50 cent, the 20 cent, and 10 cent coins smaller and used plated steel to make them a lot lighter as well. A new series of notes known as Series 5 was introduced in 1992. Um, Each note featured a notable New Zealander and the reverse featured native birds and New Zealand scenery and all of that kind of stuff, which was awesome. In 1999, which is only seven years later, Polymer notes were replaced the paper notes, mainly around security. It was a lot um, easier to copy the paper notes than it was the polymer ones. The designs obviously remained mostly the same, a few things being moved around to accommodate new security features. Um, And the most obvious changes to these were, other than the paper to polymer, were two transparent windows. In 2015-16, slow rollout, Series 7 was introduced, basically refreshing the note design a little bit and improving the security features. A lot of that, again, was around the transparent windows and embedded stuff into it. Um, The transparent windows quite often were used um, as sellotape um, (laughs) to people (laughs) trying to print money and con you. Um, so they did some work around reflective and that kind of thing. So it's the series seven notes and the coins of 2004 that I'm going to be talking about today. So that's the history of it all. And now let's talk about them. Okay. So on one side of the coins, it's pretty much always Queen Elizabeth II. We are part of the Commonwealth here in New Zealand, one of the territories of the British colonization. So I guess that does make sense, right? We don't mind Auntie Liz over here, but mainly that's because she doesn't really have much to do with anything that we do. Um, Like, we know she's kind of in some sort of vague way in charge, and that's fine as long as she doesn't actually get in the way of us doing things around here. 
I'm not sure if that's how all New Zealanders feel. Never really talked to many people about that actually, and it's just occurring to me now that I probably should have before I started recording. But the half of bottle of wine that I've consumed says I'm sure it's fine, and the bourbon that I had after the half bottle of wine says fuck it. You've already called the queen Auntie Liz, so how much worse could it get, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, where was I? Okay, so the queen is on the coins on one side, but the other side of the coins I haven't talked to you about yet. So, 20 cent coin. So it's, again, like I said before, silver nickel plated steel, and it depicts a Maori carving known as pukaki. Um, pukaki was a 18th century Maori warrior leader who was like rangatira tanga, uh, rangatira, chief of the Nati Whakaau Iwi of Te Awara of the Rotorua district. Please forgive my pronunciation. I am a New Zealander, but I'm learning Māori um, like a lot of us are over here. So I'm really sorry if I just mangled a bunch of that. Um, I'm working on it, okay? So Pukaki was expertly crafted by Te Taupua of Nati Fakao from one large piece of totara timber originating from um, a um, local stream. So the carving commemorates Nati Fakao's conquest um, and Pukaki is depicted holding his two warrior sons while between his legs can still be seen the remnants of his wife Napuya. Um, there's a whole story there and I can't wait to get into Māori legends, Māori history, um, and all of that kind of stuff. It's crazy awesome. Um, so we'll get to that, but basically that's what the carving is. Um, the pukaki is between two koru kofaiwhai, um, in a spiral shape. Um, so the koru is a spiral shape based on the appearance of, like, an unfurling silver fern frond. Um, it's like an integral symbol in Māori art. Like, they use it in everything, carving and tattooing, um, and it symbolises things like new life and growth and peace and, I think, strength as well. Um, and it kind of always conveys, like, movement and returning to where you came from. Um, and Air New Zealand actually uses a koru as its logo if you want to see one used internationally. And it doesn't really surprise me that they use that if you think about the fact that it it, it is a movement-orientated logo and talks about returning to where you came from. So Air New Zealand always bringing us home. Huh, cute. Um, so the 50-cent coin. This one features the HMS Endeavour with Mount Taranaki in the background. Um, the Endeavour was a British Royal Navy research vertical um, that was commanded to um, Australia and New Zealand under, under um, Lieutenant James Cook. Um, she anchored off New Zealand. She was the first European vessel to reach the islands um, since, like, Abel Tasman's 127 years before that. The ship's actually largely forgotten after her Pacific voyage, and I think she was scuttled um, in a blockade, like, some years later. And the wreck isn't even really known where it 
exactly is thought to be one of a cluster of five in Newport Harbour which is kind of a sad ending for a ship that has so much history here in New Zealand if you ask me so um, it's got that and then behind it is um, Mount Taranaki which is a dormant stratovolcano in the Taranaki region um, which is in the west coast of New Zealand's North Island so although the mountain is commonly referred to as Taranaki it does actually have two official names the second being Mount Egmont but honestly nobody really uses that apart from the most stubborn people still use that um because it's just it's Taranaki um the Maori word Tara means mountain peak and Naki is thought to have come from Nyaki meaning shining as kind of like a reference to it's always snow clad and kind of shiny when it's in winter so this mountain is 2,518 meters or for you Americans 8,261 foot and because of its resemblance to Mount Fuji Taranaki actually provided the backdrop for the movie The Last Samurai interesting fact for you Okay, so the dollar. The dollar is a gold-coloured aluminium bronze coin. And it's got the great and mighty kiwi on it. You know, the flightless native bird itself. Along with the silver fern, which we've kind of already talked about in regards to the koru. Um, The silver fern is a fern, (laughs) obviously. Um, Usually recognisable by the silver-white colour of the undersurface of the fern. Um, and the kiwi and the fern are both symbols commonly associated with the country um, of New Zealand, like by, I guess, overseas people and by New Zealanders. We kind of represent ourselves by those two symbols as well. So why they're both predominantly on the dollar coin and what that says about us, I'm not really sure. But, you know, a dollar. Two dollars. So it features another bird, the kotoku, to be exact, or a great egret which basically looks like a white heron but with a yellow bill but the bill's black during breeding times and parts of its plumage is also changing to green during breeding times which is pretty sweet um it's highly endangered only one breeding location known um and that's actually also where the rarest species of kiwi is found the rowi kiwi um and that's in the okarito lagoon in the west coast of the south island so as a general rule our poor birds in new zealand they got a pretty rough time of it when european animals turned came over and the boats and stuff and turned into pests so a lot of the birds that had formerly had no real predators and we were just a country full of birds um had no defenses against all of these pets and their their numbers suffered super drastically and they they still are to this day. We're still fighting to keep many of the amazing bird species breeding and alive. And I'll actually be talking to you about Bird of the Year 2019 very soon and explaining more about all of that. Bird of the Year, very big deal here in New Zealand. Okay, so that brings us to the banknotes, you know. Um, our first banknote, and it's an orange one, our $5 note. So the first thing you notice on the banknote is a giant face hovering in front of a mountain. And that's kind of appropriate because the face is Sir Edmund Percival Hillary. Um, He was a New Zealand mountaineer, explorer and philanthropist. On the 29th of May, 
1953. Hillary and Nepalese Sherpa mountaineer Tenzing Norway became the first climbers to have confirmed reached the summit of Mount Everest. It was a super incredible achievement and we were infinitely proud from here in, here in New Zealand. Um, he then served as New Zealand's High Commissioner to Angla, India and Bangladesh and then as Ambassador to Nepal. And he actually devoted himself for the rest of his life basically helping New, um, Nepal build like schools and hospitals and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and when he died in 2008, he was actually given a state funeral in New Zealand because he was such an awesome man. So the mountain behind him, not Mount Everest, but Mount Cook or Aoraki, which actually is the highest mountain in New Zealand at 3,724 metres or 12,218 feet tall. Look at me being all like culturally diverse and doing my feet for you. It is found in the Southern Alps, which actually run the length of the South Island. It used to be 10 metres taller, but there was like a rock slide in 2019, uh, 2019, um, 1991, which decreased its height. So how embarrassing. Anyway, on the flip side of the note, you can actually see the, the hoiho, hoiho, I think I get that right, or the yellow-eyed penguin named for its distinct yellow markings that surround its eyes. The hoiho is listed as one of the rarest penguins in the world and trends indicate extinction in about 20 years or so due to serious um, infectious outbreaks in the 2000s and human activities at sea, which is horrifyingly sad to think that I might live to see it die out, which is terrible. Um, behind that is Campbell Island, which is an uninhabited sub-Antarctic island of New Zealand. Um, it was discovered in 1810 by Captain Frederick Hasselborough, who was found drowned that same year alongside a young woman and a boy. Um, it was used as hunting grounds for seals and whales to start with, but actually after being used as a watch point during World War II, it was then set up as meteorological station there's actually a romantic novel about um campbell island inspired by the events and the people it's called um the lady of the heather written by will lawson um which is pretty crazy and kind of cool so go read that if you're interested um and you can also see the daisies unique to this island depicted on the note next to the island so that's kind of cool as well all right ten dollar note it's a blue polymer note and it's featuring one of the most prominent members of the women's suffrage movement here in New Zealand, the country's most famous suffragist, Kate Shepherd. She promoted women's suffrage by organising petitions and public meetings, writing letters to the press, by developing contacts with politicians. She was the editor of The White Ribbon, the first woman-operated newspaper in New Zealand. And through her writing and her persuasive public speaking, she successfully advocated women's suffrage. Her pamphlets 10 reasons why the women of New Zealand should vote and should women vote question mark contributed to this cause. This work culminated in a petition with 30,000 signatures calling for women's suffrage that was presented to Parliament and the successful extension of the franchise to women in 1890. 
1973. As a result of this, obviously, New Zealand became the first country to grant women full voting rights. Um, the white camellia flowers also feature on this note, which seems right, as they were the symbol of the suffrage movement. Just a cr- truly incredible woman who made real change through dedication, a serious inspiration. Um, and on the reverse of this note is the feel, or the blue duck. Its name is actually how the male duck's call sounds, feel. Um, the females is more of a rattling, growling sound, like <laughs> it's kind of not as attractive. Um, they nest in hollow logs and small caves and at the sheltered spots and incubation of the eggs lasts 35 days, which leaves them pretty vulnerable and yep, you guessed it, they're also endangered. 70% of their population is male, so they really have like, have their pickings. You know, there's no man, man drought going on there like at all. Unlike the human species over here in New Zealand, there's thirsty females everywhere. Anyway, uh, moving on to the $20 note. It's a green polymer note with the Queen's lovely face on it, with her tiara firmly lodged in that rockabilly reminiscent roll top here. Behind her, though, you can see the Parliament buildings found in the capital city, Wellington, where I live. Um, the various buildings that make up Parliament are Parliament House, Parliamentary Library, Bowen House, and the Executive Wing, colloquially known as the Beehive. Um, they weren't our first ones, by the way. Um, they were built over a period of several years after the pesky fire that burnt everything down to the ground in 1907. Um, we're awfully proud of our beehive, though, and it sets up a few jokes nicely, especially with our Queen Bee, Jacinda, being in charge right now. So the reverse side of that note is, as usual, features another bird. This time the Kariaria, or the New Zealand falcon. Um, and it's New Zealand's only falcon. It's the country's most threatened bird of prey also, with only around like 3,000 to 5,000 breeding pairs remaining. Um, But it's feisty. Um, It's known to attack dogs and humans alike, but we're not their biggest problem. Sadly, their biggest threat to their survival is electrocution, as they keep diving into power lines. Super sad. Um, Behind them, you can see the mountain... And this one really gets me. Tapua o Anuku. Eonuku. Tapua o Onuku. I think I get that right. Whose name translates to Footprint of the Rainbow in Māori, which is pretty sweet. Um, the first European to actually see this was James Cook kind of sees a lot of it he named it mount odin and then later nicknamed it the watcher because it kept watching him for ages seemed to be really visible from heaps of points from the coast tappy as it's called by the locals who probably also struggle as much as i just did um was actually just as an extra fact the springboard for sir edmund hillary's climbing career as he climbed that and pronounced it ah you know, cool, I finally climbed a decent one, which is pretty good. So, the $50 note. The $50 note is a purple note. It features the prominent New Zealand statesman Aparana Nata. Um, he's often been described as the foremost Māori politician to have ever served in Parliament. And he's also known for his work in promoting and protecting Māori culture and language. 
He also challenged the traditional views of his people, you know, advocating the abandonment of some of the traditional practices and customary healing type things in favour of science and Pākehā-style sanitation, um, which did make him a controversial figure. Um, he's portrayed on the note in front of the meeting ha- of one of the meeting houses as one aspect of what he did um, of his advocacy of Maori culture was the construction of many new traditional meeting houses throughout the country. He also campaigned for recognition of Maori language as a subject of study for the universities in New Zealand, um, and the study of Maori became eligible for a degree of Bachelor of Arts in 1928 because of the work that he did. So that's pretty sweet. On the flip side, it is the kokako, which actually represents two of the five known types of New Zealand wattle birds, you know, wattle birds with the, with the things on their wattles. Um, two of the five known types of New Zealand wattle birds are actually extinct, the huia and the South Island kokako. In the past, this bird was actually called the New Zealand crow, um, it's not actually a crow, but it kind of looks like one from a distance because of the grey colourings and stuff, until you get up closer and you see the bright blue wattles. Um, the kokako is a poor flyer, and it seldom actually flies more than 100 metres. That's another reason it's pretty similar. Um, the wings of the species are actually relatively short and rounded. It prefers to like hop and leap from branch to branch on its powerful grey legs. And Māori myth actually refers to the kōkāko in several different stories. In one notable story, the kōkāko gave Māori water as he fought the sun by filling its plump wattles with water and offering it to Māori to quench his thirst. And Māori rewarded the kōkāko for its kindness by stretching its legs until they were lean and long and strong so that the kōkāko could easily leap through the forest to find its food. So, um, again... Cannot wait to tell you about more of Māori legends. They're incredible. I love them so much. So it's actually pictured next to the mushroom, which is the werewere kōkako, named for its similarity in colour to the bright blue wattles of the kōkako. Um, in the distance, you can see the Porerora Forest Park, which is like a 760 square kilometre or 290 square mile protected area of rich rainforests and actually anti-logging processes were held here by famous horror author and one of my all-time favorite greats Stephen King um, along with some others of course Stephen King and the others protests actually established this park stopped the logging operations and established a native forest restoration trust Um, which ensured that the park was actually developed into how it is today. Pretty sweet, right? Horror authors, not just scaring you, also doing cool shit like that. Thanks, dude. You rock. All right. We're at the last bill, but certainly not the least, as it's the highest amount. Get it? It's the $100 note. It's a red polymer note. And this one actually features Lord Ernest Rutherford, New Zealand-born British physicist who came to be known as the father of nuclear physics. In 1908, he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for his investigations into the disintegration of the elements and the chemistry of radioactive substances. And you can actually see that medal next to him 
on the $100 note. He pioneered the Rutherford model of the atom, performed the first artificially induced nuclear reaction. As a result, he discovered the emission of the subatomic particle, which he called the hydrogen atom, but then later more accurately named it the proton. He was also involved with the discovery of the neutron and the first experiments with splitting the nucleus, a full life, I would say. So after his death in 1937, he was actually honoured by being interred with the greatest scientists of the United Kingdom. He was put near um, Sir Isaac Newton's tomb in Westminster Abbey, which is a pretty sweet honour, honestly. Um, I went and saw him, actually, said hi. Uh, on the reverse of the $100 note is another bird, the yellowhead, or mohua, better known as the bush canary. Another protected and threatened bird, obviously, because they all seem to be, and I, I swear to you, we have birds in New Zealand which aren't protected and aren't threatened, but they're more like sparrows. Um, it's not exciting. We put the cool ones on our notes. Um, and this one actually has seen some success with repopulation after our concerted efforts and looks to be up in its numbers. Huzzah! Some um, next two on this on this note, the South Island lichen moth or the zebra lichen moth, um, which is super well camouflaged moth. Uh, when it's young, it resembles a small bird's dropping, which makes sense. And when it's older, it resembles lichen-covered twigs. And in the background of that is Eglinton Valley in Fiordland National Park. Um, Eglinton Valley was carved out by glaciers like thousands of years ago. And now it's steep rocky mountains covered in native beach and forest line. And then the flat of the valley is like golden tussock grass. It's beautiful. You'll also find the mirror lakes there named for the way that they reflect the incredible surrounding scenery. There are plants and wildlife there that you won't find anywhere else in the world, including more than 30 rare or threatened or endangered species. Um, This is why Fiordland National Park is actually part of the World Heritage Area to protect and preserve this unique part of Aotearoa. The surrounding beach forest is home to, like, heaps of different bird life, but also New Zealand's only land mammals, bats, or pika-pika. Our short-tailed bat is a fascinating creature because unlike other bats, it's actually evolved to be able to crawl around on the forest floor and forage for food. Yet again, we didn't have pests, so people didn't need to be worried about giant, like, bird-eating or bat-eating, you know, critters um, gobbling you up while you're scavenging on the forest floor. Most of our birds and our, our animals and stuff just used to get down on the floor and eat some food and they weren't terribly worried about flying so that's probably why they're all endangered but you know that's who we were okay so it's been a little bit of a long one again today I guess the reason I wanted to talk to you about New Zealand money was to give you a really broad overview of the things that we consider important here in New Zealand. You may have picked up a few key themes on each note. Not only was there a person, but there was a connection to the land and also to the flora and the fauna in each one. The connections are important to us here in New Zealand and deserving of our respect. We're all taught to like love the land that we're on and that in return it will love us back. Um, And I think if we all did that all over the world, we'd probably be better off. 
just a wee thought from a rambling half-cut jewels and half-cut means tipsy in case that's a New Zealand thing. I've been pointed out that a few more things that I say are very New Zealand and that I didn't even know were New Zealand. So I'm learning. Uh, <laughs> thank you for ra- listening to my rambling half-cut thoughts on New Zealand money. Thank you. Jules Gems. Kia Jules. Spike Pitt here. And, ah, uh, listen, rugby, that was a nostalgia episode for me. I've not had a lot to do with it since I was in high school playing rugby. I started out as uh, a hooker on the team and then the other guys got a bit bigger. Then I went to scrum half. Then I went to fly half and... Um, Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it was a good way to blow off some steam. The problem for me was with the blood disorder, it got a little bit naughty getting knocked about, so I was getting bruised up and things, and I kind of had to call it a day eventually leaving school. And the Marmite, I can't I can't believe you guys don't like the old UK Marmite. It seems like it's a bit too much for the Americans and um, old Spencer there. Mate, lightweight. And I'm not a man for multiple callings, but I'm going to have to make an exception. I was cut off, rudely cut off by anchor. I was just going to say old Spencer, my old buddy there, he's obviously a bit of a lightweight. He's gone north and clearly got a little bit soft up in Scotland, which is normally the reverse. We're supposed to be soft down here in the south, but I'm having none of it. And, yeah, really enjoying the podcast, Jules. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to hearing more each time about your fine country, New Zealand. Take care. I'll catch you later. Thanks, Colin, you sweetheart. Um, Yeah, my blood disorder stopped me from being able to play any kind of rugby as well um I was playing touch rugby for a while there but nope uh even touch rugby which really shouldn't be that rough is still pretty rough and stopped me from playing and I love the way that you just rocked up Spencer um through my podcast and all I'm gonna say to that is Spencer what do you have to say to that I mean surely you're not just gonna let that fly so yeah waiting for your reply (laughs) um thanks colin colin of the spike pit um a sweet like dnd related podcast talking about like ideas and strategy and a whole lot of sweet stuff around dnd so go check that out it's awesome i love it um okay as usual i for you anchorites listening in i'm gonna leave you with a spotify snip of a tune um this one is actually um called bag of money and it's by fly my pretties um and it's off their first album now fly my pretties is actually something i'll quickly mention um because it's not really a band in the traditional sense it's a collective of um musicians and artists that always change so it's a changing collective of artists which is kind of sweet um it started uh in 2004 with this idea uh i think it was like the dude from the black seeds 
um, to just like assemble a group of Wellington-based musicians, switch some ideas about what they wanted to do and just kind of like go for it and record it live. Uh, and that seems like a nuts kind of a thing to do, but it's turned into this sort of local legend um, of music, which is like so much more than just your ordinary concert. So um, it's a real crazy experience and you just kind of have to be there or listen to it to kind of understand. So a little bit of a snippet for that. Um, As always, those of you who aren't listening on Anchor, go to my Spotify um, and check out the playlist at Jules from NZ and it's definitely on there. So, well, at least... Bag of Money is on there, and then um, you can use that to go from there and check out more of what Fly My Pretties has been up to, so please do. Um, As always, I love talking to you all, and um, I have no idea why you're still with me, especially after such a long and rambly and crazy episode uh, that, by the way, I'm recording at 3 a.m. in the morning because I didn't do this earlier, like a crazy person. Um... So all I'm going to say now as I leave you to go listen to the snip is um, aroha nui. I love you so much. Um, kia ora. Thank you for listening. And ka kite ano. Please let me see you again. <laughs> Bye.